and you're on right now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo Five O Radio Network. Coming to you from the shores of the Indian River on Florida's beautiful Treasure Coast. And bringing you the news behind the news, the story behind the story. Here to convince you that reality is usually scoffed at, and illusion is usually king. We're streaming live on iHeartRadio and available as a podcast on iTunes, TuneIn, Spreaker, and Spotify. And you can follow me on Twitter at RightNowJimDawes. I love to hear from listeners. Shoot me an email. The address is rightnowjimdaws at gmail.com. That's spelled D-A-W-S. And you can leave a voicemail on the vent line at 772-245-0750. That's 772-245-0750. Well, I want to start the show by thanking all the listeners that uh, responded to my request yesterday to send me an email and let me know where you listen to this broadcast. I was really kind of blown away. Um, I knew that we had a large number of listeners on the Mojo Five O radio network, and I'm glad to hear from all of you guys. Uh, and and I knew about Spreaker. I knew I know the numbers on Spreaker are are uh, big, but I had no idea that so many uh, listeners uh, were catching the broadcast on on channels that. I wasn't even aware of Beanpod apparently uh, uh, serves this program. I don't see uh, those numbers because they they transfer one copy over to their server and then they uh, they serve it from there. We get a lot of listens on uh, Google Play that uh, we've just recently added uh, as an automatic distribution channel. Got a lot of people listening over there on BitChute. Uh, it's a video platform made to ch- uh, challenge uh, the dominance of Google-owned YouTube. And uh, a lot of people are listening to that alternative source of, um, you know, technology. I was also sort of surprised um, when I got up this morning and, and looked at the emails and learned that um, quite a few people listen to this broadcast uh, at night when they're turning in for the evening. And so uh, just extrapolating, if uh, if 5% of the people uh, that heard yesterday's broadcast responded with that email, then uh, our audience exceeds uh, three or, or 4,000, somewhere in that area. They say in talk radio business that uh, you can count on about a 1% response rate of, for a call-in show. Now, obviously, this isn't a call-in, so maybe maybe it's uh, larger than that. I'm, I'm saying instead of 1%, 5% of the people that heard me yesterday responded with that email. And if that is the case, then uh, we've got a, a, a good-sized audience here that is uh, thankfully larger than the, the audience that I had on the uh, terrestrial radio show down here on the Treasure Coast. So that was the idea, is to take this show nationally and make the next step uh, in technology and distribution started to put together a a terrestrial syndication and then i just realized that um, the talk radio the talk radio that i knew uh growing up and that uh you know so interested me is sort of circling the drain they're to the point now where they've got almost as many commercials as they do content and uh it it's it's sort of a self-perpetuating um 
uh, destruction. Uh, you know, people listen to uh, alternative sources of media so they don't have to listen to as many commercials. And as they do that and the terrestrial audience shrinks, they add more commercials to try to make up for it, which just uh, makes the problem worse. And and uh, yesterday, uh, you know, learning about the size of this audience <clears throat> was very uh, uh, validating, excuse me, <clears throat> that uh, I was right to, uh, to, to go ahead and make the jump through um, Internet distribution. So thank you for all the emails. Um, I really appreciate it. If you if you have not emailed me uh, already to let me know where you listen to this broadcast and uh, and how and where you're located, uh, please do that. The address is right now Jim Dawes at gmail.com. That's Dawes D A W S. Right now Jim Dawes, no e at gmail.com. So uh, we have now learned that the, uh, the Governor Northrum, the Virginia blackface KKK governor, his assault weapons ban that he uh, tried to implement to re-ingratiate himself with the far left wing of the Democrat Party has failed after several Democrats uh, in the Virginia Senate voted with the Republicans to, uh, to kill Northrum's assault weapons ban. You recall it was just, uh, I guess it's just been about a month ago that um, about thirty or 40,000 people rallied at the state capitol, uh, most of which brought their, their weapons. It was a completely safe event. There was no crime. There were, in fact, law enforcement um, sheriffs across the state that, uh, that came to support Virginians' constitutional Second Amendment rights as well. And uh, it was a, a, a safe event. There was no crime. There was no um, there was no violence at all. As a matter of fact, uh, unlike the, these left wing protests, you see, there was no mess made in the aftermath of the protest. But uh, democracy worked in Virginia, at least for now, and uh, the blackface governor's bill has gone down in flames. I'd ask you to uh, go online and look at a, a map of Virginia, and what you see going on in Virginia is what's going on nationally in this country, and that is uh, the vast, vast majority, I think over uh, 100 counties out of about 105 counties are controlled by Republicans and made up of citizens that uh, are law-abiding God-fearing, uh, good um, Republicans. And then you've got about five uh, counties in the state, mostly around Washington, D.C., but also including the Norfolk area, that have uh, gone in on this uh, Democrat leftism and are, um, are busy uh, and are able, because of their populations, to outvote the rest of the state and are busy trying to implement and impose a left-wing agenda on the rest of the people of Virginia. And, of course, you might have heard that um, that West Virginia, which seceded from Virginia back in the Civil War, has offered um, admittance to the uh, Virginia counties that are now being uh, lorded over 
by the few Democrat counties in Virginia. But if you look at that map, you realize that uh, th- this is not a recipe for uh, for peaceful peaceful self governance. What they've got going on in Virginia, or nor for that matter, what we've got going on in the United States, where the vast vast majority of the land area uh, is is um, traditional conservative Americans, and then we've got these uh, small, highly populated enclaves of these left-wing Democrats, socialists, and um, and something's going to have to give. But it it was good to see that uh, that bill go down in Virginia yesterday. So uh, on yesterday's show, we talked about, um, you know, the, uh, the, the impossibility of getting a fair trial uh, for any of these deep state swamp creatures inside uh, Washington, D.C. And on this morning's American Greatness, there's an article uh, by Julie Kelly, who's uh, just a brilliant writer. And uh, and she's pointing out that uh, the new tactic that General uh, Attorney General William Barr is uh, employing is to use U.S. attorneys outside of the Beltway in Washington D.C. and uh, Northern Virginia to either investigate or review several of these high-profile cases uh, where they've gone after Trump and his associates. The Washington Post reported over the weekend that Barr asked federal prosecutors from far-flung offices, as they. Post described it in Connecticut and Chicago to handle these sensitive matters. Barr's uh, tactic includes uh, looking at the egregious prosecution of Lieutenant General Michael Flynn, the investigation into Crossfire Hurricane, and the counterintelligence probe of the Trump presidential campaign. Uh, they, uh, I think Barr has come to realize that he is uh, going to be stymied uh, trying to get any sort of convictions or fair investigations, grand jury investigations, out of Washington, D.C. And it was just this last week, or I guess uh, Friday, last Friday, that that, um, that uh, U.S. attorney for Washington, D.C. declined to prosecute Andrew McCabe, despite the fact that uh, he was on tape lying to FBI agents while he had been sworn under oath. So when the District of Columbia is the venue for any kind of prosecution or, or investigation, grand jury investigation with political overtones, the Justice Department has to uh, factor in the jury pool, which is over 90% Democrat and solidly anti-Trump. Hillary Clinton won 94% of the D.C. vote in uh, 2016. Donald Trump just got 4% of the vote. And that metropolitan area as a whole, which also comprises Virginia and Maryland, went for Clinton by about 70%. Of course, the federal government is the largest employer of the uh, in the area, and they all feel some sort of um, allegiance to the Democrat Party. 
So any trial you have in D.C. or in Northern Virginia is automatically rigged in favor of uh, Democrats and against Republicans. And if it's Trump, the outcome is uh, almost certainly predetermined before the jury is ever even sworn in. So I've been saying for a long time that, um, you know, we've got to get these cases out of Washington, D.C. If they can drag uh, Roger Stone, who lives in Florida, to a Washington, D.C. courtroom, then we can drag some of these Washington, D.C. Uh, swamp creatures down here to Florida and, and give them a trial. Oh, the, the media would melt down. The, the shrieking that you, uh, that you would hear, you can only imagine. Hey, I want to appeal to you to run on over to AmericaFirstRadio.shop. That's AmericaFirstRadio.shop and order your banana bag oral solution today. It's a fantastic blend of B, B and C vitamins. And, uh, and if you're subject to dehydration from a medical condition or overexertion at work or uh, when exercising, get you some of this and try it. It will, um, it will rehydrate you. And the, uh, the quickest way without having to go to the hospital and get an IV. AmericaFirstRadio.shop, you'll also find some uh, other great products that we're putting up there now. Some uh, Prepper t-shirts, A Country Boy Can Survive. Failure to prep is prepping to fail. And a fantastic knife sharpener that uh, will put an edge on all of your blades. Uh, a perfect, perfect edge. Run on over to AmericaFirstRadio.shop today. So, um, let's see, where to start? Where to start? The Democrat caucus in Nevada is, uh, is headed for the same fiasco that they had in Iowa. They, they also were going to use this uh, app developed by the Shadow Inc. to, uh, to count the votes there. And uh, they freaked out, or they... They melted down so badly in Iowa that the Nevada Democrats freaked out and are trying to, at the last minute, change their process and go back to uh, the previous way they had done this and sideline this app. And, uh, <laughs> oh, man, if they have another meltdown uh, and are unable to count their votes in Nevada like they uh, like what happened in Iowa, that's going to be... That's going to be some entertaining um, television. Bernie Sanders had a big rally out in Las Vegas, and uh, he had he had a huge crowd. You know, we've often um, commented that none of these Democrats are able to draw the kinds of crowds that Donald Trump is. Well, last night Bernie Sanders did it. And I ought to put everybody on notice that uh, this socialist, this Democrat socialist movement that Bernie Sanders has got going is real. He filled up an arena with about 10,000 Bernie bros. They had violence. They had some fights that broke out between different factions in his uh, Democrat Socialist coalition. But um, but the Bernie movement is real. And uh, he had Cornell West out there. If you don't know who Cornell West is, he's one of these Ivy League uh, diversity uh Identity politics appointees. He's an old, old line commie himself. And he was there speaking on behalf of Bernie Sanders. 
and we're going to stay in solidarity together. I don't care what color you are. I don't care what your national identity is. I don't care what region you are. You're a human being. We got a deep Jewish brother named Bernie Sanders who's bringing us together. And Fannie Lou Hamer and Ella Baker and Dorsey Day, our vanilla sister on the Catholic side of town. A vanilla sister. We don't care if you're uh, what color you are or what religion you are. And uh, that guy's Jewish and that guy's Catholic and that guy's vanilla. That's Cornell West. Cornell West has made his, uh, his living off of identity politics. I'm pretty sure that that, uh, that speech was from Nevada. He said New Hampshire in there, but I think he got confused about uh, where he's going. He had a Biden moment. But Sanders is going in with a lead, and now Bloomberg has popped to second place. Bloomberg has put over $425 million into this campaign already, and he has yet to appear in a ballot. The second largest expenditure is about $12 million by Bernie Sanders, and poor old Joe Biden has spent about eight himself. Bernie or uh, uh, Michael Bloomberg has now spent almost half as much as the entire 2016 presidential campaign spent. Uh, the uh, Hillary Clinton's campaign, who who outspent Donald Trump about two to one. Michael Bloomberg has yet to appear on a ballot. He's almost he's already spent half as much as she did for the the general election and the primaries. And we have got uh, an actual serious threat to democracy in this country. We've never seen anything like this before. We've got our very own financial sector oligarch who has chiseled a mass fortune out of his fellow citizens through these financial um, engineering who has uh, been a big part of offshoring jobs overseas, who has an impulse to authoritarianism. And, uh, and now we've got the Democrat Party who supposedly believes uh, in getting money out of politics and is against almost everything that Michael Bloomberg has stood for throughout the years. And they are getting all on board the Bloomberg train. As I say, he is now second in the polls. He's passed Biden now. Of course, this is a report according to Bloomberg, by the way. Bloomberg reports that Bloomberg is uh, is suddenly uh, second, and the source of that information is Bloomberg. <laughs> the uh, the Democrats are trying to organize themselves to fight fight off uh, this onslaught, but the old saying is "money is the mother milk mother's milk of politics," and uh, Michael Bloomberg has got a lot of mother's milk. So they're, uh, they're starting to dig up old audio clips and video clips of Michael Bloomberg. And uh, what's very clear is he is a very boring human being. He doesn't have any charisma whatsoever. And uh, 
up until just recently, he never thought that he was uh, ever going to try to run for president because he's such a boring, uncharismatic character. And so he has felt unshackled and has said exactly what he's thinking on many occasions. Here's just a, uh, a sample of what Bloomberg uh, has said. This is back in 2016, just two years ago cohort of black and latino males age let's say 16 to 25 that don't have jobs do you recognize that uh, that description he just gave there black and latino males 16 to 25 that's the same exact uh description that he used when he said you can just xerox the description of these uh these perpetrators and hand them out to all the cops and go out and find these blacks and Latinos, 16 to 25, and throw them against the wall and frisk them. <laughs> this, is, this is the guy that's saying this stuff that the, the Democrats are, are, are now uh, determined is going to deliver them from the evil orange man. I'm going to start this clip again cohort of black and Latino males age, let's say 16 to 25, that don't have jobs, don't have any prospects, don't know how to find jobs, don't know uh, that they what their skill sets are, don't know how to behave in the workplace where they have to work collaboratively. They don't know how to find jobs. They don't know how to behave in the workplace. The the odd thing is, you know, a lot of these uh, things he said uh, are true. He's also said some things that uh, are just truly shocking. Um, Chris Christie was on this week, or yeah, this week with George Stephanopoulos saying that there is no way in hell that Michael Bloomberg is going to be able to overcome all of these uh, these clips that uh, are available for commercials. I don't think there's any chance, any chance that Mike Bloomberg is a Democratic nominee. I agree. Because let me tell you something. Bernie Sanders is a lot of things. He's not stupid. And if it comes down to Sanders emerging from these first three, let me tell you what you're going to see on TV from Sanders. You're going to see Mike Bloomberg endorsing Rudy Giuliani. You're going to see him endorsing George W. Bush. You're going to see him endorsing John McCain. And not lukewarm, enthusiastic. If you're telling me that the energized part of the Democratic Party is going to go, oh, hell, we can trust Mike Bloomberg. We can trust Mike Bloomberg. No one trusts Mike Bloomberg, okay? Because Mike Bloomberg's for Mike Bloomberg. He was a Republican when it was convenient and was cuddled up to Rudy Giuliani. Then when it was not so great to be a Republican during the Iraq War, he becomes an independent. And then when he's not independent anymore, because that doesn't work, he becomes a Democrat. Well, he has become a Democrat again. He's, uh, you know, he switches to whatever party uh, that he can use as a vehicle to to get power. And, um, you know, he he wasn't a terrible mayor of Washington, D.C., or of uh, New York City, pardon me wasn't a terrible mayor of New York City because uh, New York City has devolved to the point where you have to have an authoritarian at the head in order to try to keep a lid on it. But he has a real impulse to uh, dictatorship. Let me see how long this clip is. I've got a long clip I'm going to play for you when we come back from the break that will illustrate just how uh, how inclined Bloomberg is uh, toward authoritarianism and dictatorships he's talking about how legislatures get in the way of uh of democracy 
But I've got a clip I'm going to play for you here in the time we have left that uh, uh, is Donald Trump talking about um, what how Bloomberg tapped him when Bloomberg was mayor of New York City. We used to be friends, good friends. When I had a problem, he had a big problem in the Bronx. I cleared up the problem. There was a big project that was, they were unable to get it built. It was under construction for like 25 years, way, way over budget. I took it over, I got it knocked up in one year, and now it's a tremendous success. Michael asked me if I'd get involved in it, and I'm the one that got it done and did a great job. I think what uh, Trump's talking about there is uh, the golf course that he put in uh, that uh, is right there on the northern edge of the Bronx on top of old landfills and uh, reclaimed uh, areas of the Hudson River. Nobody could get it done, but Donald Trump did, and that's the difference between Bloomberg and uh, Trump. Bloomberg's a chiseler and Trump's a builder. we got to run out to a break. We're going to have two messages, and then we're going to uh, dig more into who really is this Michael Bloomberg right after these messages on the Mojo Five O Radio Network. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details. If you have thyroid eye disease... And itchy eyes have you itching for a fight. It might be time to discover another treatment option. To learn more, visit TreatMyTed.com. That's TreatMyTed.com. And you're back on Right Now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo Five O Radio Network. Bringing you the news behind the news, the story behind the story. So Michael Bloomberg has yet to appear on a single ballot in the Democrat primaries, and yet he is now in second place after spending almost $425 million on these ads. And these ads have not promoted any policies that Bloomberg believes in. They haven't. Um, they haven't been aspirational whatsoever. They have all been attack ads against Donald Trump. And apparently the Democrat party, uh, all of this talk about um, getting money out of politics and believing in actual causes and the social justice, uh, agenda and all of this was, all of that has just been, uh, shot down the tubes as they all jump on board. Anybody that they believe can beat Donald Trump. And what this is doing uh, uh, is is destroying Joe Biden's campaign. That was the argument he made. He was the one that could beat Donald Trump. He's going to beat him like a drum and take him out behind the gym. Uh, but now uh, Joe Biden is obviously, uh, you know, that was never going to happen. Joe Biden was never going to win these primaries. And uh, Michael Bloomberg has stepped in with his checkbook and uh, and all of the uh, old school Democrats that are not wholly on board with Bernie Sanders uh, communism 
or jumping over to Bloomberg uh, simply on the promise that this guy can beat Donald Trump. Now, there's a problem with all of that. If you go back and listen to Michael Bloomberg's statements throughout uh, his career and his political career, you'll find out that this is a guy that has no use whatsoever for the democratic process or uh, our divided government uh, that our founders set up. Here's a clip. It's kind of a long clip. It's a little over two minutes. It perfectly illustrates Michael Bloomberg's impulse to dictatorship. The skills to get elected are different than the skills to serve. And I'm not suggesting we shouldn't have democracy, but there is something to be said for a democracy like Singapore's. In Singapore, you can't stand for election unless you have certain credentials. You have to have run something and have a PhD and published and done this. So who do you suppose gets to decide whether or not you're eligible to stand for election in Michael Bloomberg's perfect world? Of course, it would be our governing elites, the same people from Yale and Harvard who have uh, destroyed the economy repeatedly, who plunged us into these worthless wars in the Middle East, who offshored our jobs. These are the kinds of people that Michael Bloomberg thinks should be deciding who is and who is not eligible, qualified to run for public office. You have to have run something and have a PhD and published and done this. The New York Times would say, and you also have to be the son of the last leader, but that's another issue. Um, having qualifications to run for office, some people would argue, is not democratic. Everybody who's a citizen should be able to apply, put themselves in front of the voters. Of course, then we have parties that prevent that. But the question is, do you really want to go and elect, I'll give you a good example, judges? Why do you think that the skills to go out and campaign have anything to do with the skills to be a good judge? I would argue that... Uh, Having a mayor, for example, in a city is... Well, let me just uh, comment on that. Uh, The reason we elect judges in many jurisdictions across this country is so that the voters have an opportunity to turn judges out when they're not reflecting the values uh, of the, uh, the, the citizens, the voters, or when he's not protecting public safety. And, uh, where we get in trouble is not where we have an opportunity to, um, to vote on these judges where we get in trouble is where we're not able to vote on these judges. Do you think Amy Berman Jackson and Washington, Washington, well, I guess Amy Berman Jackson would be elected from, from her district. But a lot of these, uh, these judges uh, are issuing rulings that are completely contrary, not only to the will of the people, but also to the law. Back to this clip. You that uh, having a mayor, for example, in a city is fine. Uh, you can argue that you should have a legislature to go along with it. I think a lot of the purists would say that's a check and balance on the mayor. But if you look at places where there are strong legislatures, for example, California, Illinois, New Jersey, New York, you will find disasters at the state level where they have strong legislators. As a ma- legislatures. As a matter of fact, take a look at Washington. We have the president can propose... The president can cajole and maybe influence, 
But it's Congress that writes the laws and allocates the money. Are you happy with what they've been doing? Uh, public doesn't seem to be. And so I would argue, the keep in mind, as an executive, I have a vested interest in, in doing this. But I would argue that the public's safeguard is every four years of the ballot box. And you should pick somebody who you think is very smart and then ride with them for the period. And to the extent that uh, you have to allocate powers between the executive branch and the legislative branch. Far and away, you should give more powers to the executive branch if you want progress. <laughs> oh, my God. So let's, uh, let's try to follow Bloomberg's logic. Bloomberg thinks that you ought to have to be qualified by some sort of uh, authority to be able to stand for office and that to the extent possible, we should sideline the legislature, the actual representatives, of the people that we have an opportunity to uh, to vote on every two years, we should sideline them and vote for a strong man. And maybe this explains why uh, Bloomberg um, made some statements pretty recently. I guess it was in 2017, claiming that uh, the type of government that they've got going on in communist China, where you've got one party, with a, uh, a leader for life that's elected by the party who is completely dependent on the, uh, the chairman, the dear leader, for their livelihoods and their uh, continuing to breathe and be above ground, Bloomberg says that that is not a dictatorship. The Communist Party wants to stay in power in China, and they listen to the public. When the public says, I can't breathe the air... Xi Jinping is not a dictator. He has to satisfy his constituents or he's not going to survive. He's power. not a dictator? No, he has, to, he has a constituency to, 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 to um, uh, answer to. He doesn't and, have a vote. He doesn't have a democracy. He doesn't, that he's doesn't not held mean he can survive if his, if his... So he doesn't have a vote and he doesn't have a democracy. That doesn't mean he's a dictator, according to Michael Bloomberg. Advises he, is is the check on him just a revolution? You're not going to have a revolution. Nobody, well, no true. government survives without the will of the majority of its people. So you can't have a revolution and you can't have a vote. But Bloomberg says no government will survive uh, contrary to the will of the people. Apparently, he never took a look at the Soviet Union. He hasn't looked nine, 90 miles offshore of here of Florida uh, at Cuba or uh, in China or Cambodia or, um, you know, uh, uh, dozens of others, uh, uh, dictatorships throughout history. And keep in mind when you're listening to this, this, Michael Bloomberg has a lot of investments in China. He has, uh, he has had um, the leadership in China over to his house and feted them and is deeply enmeshed in the Chinese economy to the detriment of the American worker. Okay, it, it's just, he, he has to deliver services. The Chinese Communist Party looks at Russia, and they look for where the Communist Party is, and they don't find it anymore, and uh-huh. they don't want that to happen. I mean, I, the, the idea that the Chinese government is responsive to sort of a, a democratic expression of Fresh oh, air, come on, clean of course air. they are. I mean, I, I'm looking at the people in Hong Kong who are protesting and wondering whether the Chinese government cares the press, what they have to the say. days when you have big pollution in, in, in Beijing and they're doing something about it. That, that's yeah. ridiculous. So, 
So because uh, the the Chinese Communist government can make the trains run on time, Michael Bloomberg says that that is not a dictatorship. And we've got him on record in that uh, long clip I played for you early, earlier saying that uh, you know what we need to do is to, uh, to tighten down on this uh, so-called democracy of ours and uh, vest the power in the executive, and the executive needs to be approved by the governing elite. Newt Gingrich was on Fox News talking about Michael Bloomberg's uh, ties to China. What percent of his fortune came from cutting deals with the uh, dictatorship in China? What share of the money he's going to spend to try to buy the presidency actually came from China because of his willingness uh, to be cozy with the dictatorship? Well, it's a lot. And Michael Bloomberg is worth over $60 billion. He's the eighth richest man on the planet. And he has said already that he's perfectly willing to spend as much as $2 billion of that fortune. I think it would actually be unlimited to uh, to seize the American presidency. And once that happens, uh, we, we know by Michael Bloomberg's uh, uh, statements that uh, what, it, what he intends to do is try to consolidate power in the presidency of the United States. Now, if he ever has to get on a debate stage and stand on the box that Donald Trump told us about, we will see... And Michael Bloomberg has no actual personality. He has no charisma. He he has been able to amass through uh, financial chiseling uh, this huge fortune. And you remember back in 2016 where all the Democrats were throwing a fit because, uh, you know, a billionaire from New York in the form of Donald Trump was financing his own campaign. The difference between Michael Bloomberg... And Donald Trump is obviously, you know, Trump, uh, he, he did finance his own campaign, but he, he didn't buy it. He didn't spend nearly as much money as Hillary Clinton did. He did it. He, he, um, he, he was able to win because he was advocating policies that the American people were thirsty for finally, uh, putting America first. Well, that's not Donald, uh, that's, that's not Michael Bloomberg. Michael Bloomberg is one of these globalist elites that wants to turn back the clock and and uh, and take us back to globalism. And his fortune dwarfs Donald Trump. And there's a big difference also in how they made their fortunes. Donald Trump engaged in productive enterprise. He built uh, hotels and resorts that employed hundreds of thousands of workers, you know, to construct these places and then hundreds of thousands of people to run them as well. He was engaged in productive free market enterprise. That's not Michael Bloomberg. Michael Bloomberg uh, has made his, his money in the financial sector where, uh, you know, they, they chisel other people out of the fruits of their labor by, uh, by controlling the money. Michael Bloomberg's a money man. Here's a clip. <laughs> sort of illustrates uh, the lack of uh, personality that Michael Bloomberg actually has. He's appearing on stage on one of these Broadway uh, productions, and he's playing... Uh, he's playing... Um, Mary Poppins. 
and they've got him all dressed up, and uh, he's got his little umbrella, and they sh- they uh, hoist him into the sky so he's flying. Uh, but here he is before an audience reading lines, and this is all the the personality he could inject in the role. I'll tell you where I'm going. First, Iowa, then New Hampshire. Maybe I can get the whole country to behave. <laughs> We're going to get to some clips from these other candidates, but uh, first I've got one more clip to play you. This is old Sam Donaldson, who people of a certain age will remember was uh, sort of the pit bull for the Democrats during Republican administrations. If it was a, a, a Democrat president, uh, Sam Donaldson was... Uh, a, a nice little lapdog, but uh, if it was a Republican administration, Sam Donaldson became a pit bull, and now he is on board with the Bloomberg campaign, and here is an ad that the old, old Sam recorded. I'm Sam Donaldson. I was a reporter in Washington for 52 years. I've covered every political campaign for the presidency in this country, beginning with Barry Goldwater through George W. Bush. Donald J. Trump is a threat to the country. He doesn't understand our Constitution. He doesn't seem to care about a lot of people. Donald Trump doesn't understand the world. I've never seen any presidential campaign that I think was as important as this one is because we never had the country in the hands of someone who I think is not qualified to be president we want to say our president not only knows how to do it but he's a great leader a great role model for our children and a great person that the rest of the world looks up to you know i keep wondering when donald trump's going to get around to being this evil um incompetent boob that they keep describing to us from where i sit, donald trump has uh, revved up this economy to to one of the greatest economies um, we've ever had, most certainly the greatest in my lifetime, has uh, put people back to work, caused wages to start rising, finally, um, restored everybody's retirement accounts, kept us out of stupid foreign wars, reformed trade, secured the border. It The, the, the person that these Democrats keep describing, this evil, malign force, I don't see what I see is somebody that uh, is doing what we ask them to do to go up in Washington and, and, uh, shake things up to be a disruptor. And Washington is busy trying to uh, destroy him. And now you have old Sam Donaldson supporting, uh, uh, just the very, uh, personification of soulless, big money globalists from wall street and i guess uh michael bloomberg is going after the asshat vote because uh, sam donaldson is one of the biggest asses in uh, the mainstream media has ever produced on top of having that absolute worst rug to pay looks like a dead possum sitting on top of his head and i think all this this is going to prove is the the media bias you know Whenever Sam Donaldson was called out for his bias, he always um, gasped that you would dare accuse him of that. But we know now that uh, Sam Donaldson has no core convictions. He's just another one of these win-at-all-cost Democrats.
Oh, Nancy Pelosi sat down for an interview with uh, 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 Poor. What's it? Chris, Christine Poor over at CNN? Said she just cannot imagine a second term of Donald Trump. We cannot have that. The country can't survive it. Oh, I, I can't even envision a situation where he would be reelected. But we are not. We don't take anything for granted. Uh, as I say that he. We have to have our own vision for the future, but everybody knows uh, that we must be unified in making sure that he does not have a second term. Our country is great. The American people are wonderful. We're a resilient country. We can withstand one term, but the destruction that he would do to the, uni- the courts of our country and, and uh, the environment where he says, I'm not going to use science as any basis for decisions on the environment when he says, Article 2 says I can do whatever I want. He must- oh, God, again with the Article 2 lie. He said that Article 2 said that he could fire uh, James Comey, which it most certainly does. And uh, in that context, was perp- uh, that uh, quote was purposely taken out of context. And you got Pelosi up there continuing to lie about this, talking about the, the damage Trump is doing to the environment. We've got the we've had the greatest reduction of uh, carbon emissions, the thing that they say they care most about of any other country in the world but donald trump is destroying the environment and he's evil and on i'm on poor it's a tough tough name to pronounce at one point asked about uh well you know wasn't trump acquitted of all of these uh this corruption that you're accusing him of no, I'm sure. Uh, but when you ask about the, I'm not talking about him personally. I'm just talking about his State of the Union address. I understand. What about, though, the fact that the president seems liberated? Um, and this is about democratic politics, so I'm not asking you to criticize here. But he was acquitted. His poll ratings not, are high. It, it, there was no acquittal. You can't have an acquittal unless you have a trial. And you can have a trial and you have witnesses and documents. So he can say he's acquitted, and the headlines can say acquitted. But he's impeached forever, branded with that, and not vindicated. And uh, even the senators were saying yes, it was. I'm going to play the rest of this clip here. They, they get around to praising Mitt Romney. Wasn't right. But they didn't have the courage to act upon that. Except belief. for? Except for Mitt Romney. So according to Nancy, uh, who is, uh, you know, uh, taking a, a break from uh, the vodka long enough to sit down for this interview, Donald Trump was never acquitted because you can't have an acquittal without a trial. Well, it happens across this country every day. Prosecutors bring uh, cases to trial, and the the judge looks at them and and determines that even if you were to prove everything that you allege, that uh, that uh, there is no crime here. Uh, uh, defendants are uh, acquitted all of the time without ever getting to witnesses or evidence. It's called a dismissal. And Nancy Pelosi continuing to insist that he will be impeached forever is like a prosecutor claiming that, um, you know, because we indicted somebody, that indictment will live forever. That is not how it works in the United States. We are innocent until proven guilty. And if you get an indictment and uh, the defendant is acquitted, then the indictment doesn't stand as some sort of stain or black mark on anybody other than the prosecutor. 
the, the Donald Trump was uh, was not convicted, not even close by the two thirds majority required in the Senate. <laughs> and I keep saying, you know, when is when is Donald Trump going to start doing some of this evil stuff that they keep accusing him of? We're uh, we're almost a full term in, and all he's done is fight off the swamp monsters while at the same time delivering on all of his campaign promises. Oh, let's see. we got a little time left. I want to talk about old Stacey Abrams. If you don't know who she is, she is the former minority leader in the, uh, the Georgia House. She ran against Brian Kemp. For governor, she lost by uh, over sixty thousand votes, but continued to say that it wasn't a legitimate election because um, of this nebulous suppression that they keep accusing Republicans of. Well, she has now announced uh, on the View yesterday that she is open open to uh, to being on uh, the the 2020 Democratic ticket as the vice presidential nominee and uh, announced that she plans to run for president one day, which just got whoopee, all excited. Whoopee said, whoopee, a lot of people want to see you on the ticket. First is vice president. And Abrams said, of course, I would be honored to run for vice president with the nominee. And then she pulled the the whole race card and the gender card. As a woman of color, she said, especially as a black woman, this is an unusual position to be in for someone to be considering the possibility the next vice president. And it would be doing a disservice to every woman of color, to every woman of ambition, to every child who wants to think beyond their known space for me to say no or to pretend, oh, no, I don't want to do it. Of course I want to do it, she said. Of course, I want to serve America. Of course, I want to be a patriot and do uh, this work. And so I would say yes. Whoopi said, do you see yourself running as president too? She says, oh, absolutely, absolutely. I want to do good. And there's no stronger platform than as president of the United States. Uh, okay, so I know Stacey Abrams. I have dealt with her. I used to be the president of the Firefighters Association in Georgia and uh, would have uh, meetings with her and her, her caucus. Uh, Stacey Abrams is is not a bad woman, but she is your typical Democrat, perfectly willing to promise anything to anybody in front of her in order to get their support. It's a pretty easy job being a Democrat, actually. Being a Democrat means never having to say no. And uh, Stacey Abrams will will promise you the stars and the moon if you'll get her support, uh, give her your support. In my position as representing the firefighters, I was never one to get on board with the Democrats or Stacey Abrams because I, I know that, uh, you know, like I said, they're perfectly willing to promise anything and uh, they don't mean it. Uh, they don't deliver on what they're promising. So uh, I represented my membership, which uh, was, were more culturally conservative and uh, inclined to Republicans. Uh, 
and worked with the Republican majority and the Georgia House of Representatives who, while they weren't willing to promise anything, were willing to um, deliver what uh, they uh, they did promise. In other words, they would uh, they would treat you fairly and uh, and keep their promises. That is not uh, Stacey Abrams. I got a, a quick coronavirus update. Uh, this is from the BBC. The deadly coronavirus is spreading in China and to other countries across the globe. China. Actually, this is from the South China Daily News, a uh, English language newspaper out of Hong Kong. The National Health Commission said on Sunday morning that the death toll as of Saturday midnight stands at 1,665 in China. I think you can multiply that by probably, just guessing here, you can probably multiply that by 10. With confirmed cases, 68,500. Over in Japan, at least 285 people have been tested positive for the virus from the Diamond Princess cruise ship that has been quarantined since arriving in Yokohama on February 3rd. The latest figure brings the total number of infected people in Japan to 338, the highest number other than in China. The U.S. government is preparing to evacuate some 380 Americans also quarantined on the cruise ship. And the South Korean government is reviewing whether to evacuate 14 South Korean nationals on board the vessel. None of the 14 South Korean nationals on board have been confirmed with the virus. Meanwhile, in Europe, France has confirmed its first death from the coronavirus. French authorities said on Saturday an 80-year-old Chinese tourist at a hospital in Paris died of a lung infection due to a flu-like virus. This is the first known fatality from the virus in Europe. Africa has reported its first confirmed case of the coronavirus after a person in Egypt tested positive for the disease. The infected person is a foreigner who medical staff put into isolation in hospital and is now known to be in a stable condition. Meanwhile, there are now 72 coronavirus cases in Singapore, with five new cases being confirmed on Saturday. Out of the So, I'm not um, making any conclusions here, but every um, patient who has died from this coronavirus that I've been able to find has been Asian. Uh, it has, uh, the virus has escaped the bounds of China and, uh, and gotten into Europe and Africa now. But every fatality that I've been able to find is Asian, and I'm not sure what to make of that. But it's going to be something that I'm going to continue to look into and try to figure out. Send me your ideas on that at uh, rightnowjimdawes at gmail.com. Thanks for joining us. That brings us to the end of this show. See you here, here again tomorrow on the Mojo Five O. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwans.com backslash yum for details. Whether you're moving in together for the first time. This can be your closet. Or you're a new parent to a little fur baby. Viva Paper Towels can help you maintain a clean home. They're two times more durable when wet compared to the leading value brand. So they clean like cloth, helping you pick up after your new pet in your new home. For an exceptional cloth-like clean, use Viva Towels. 
Visit vivatels.com to learn more and start fresh with a clean feeling of home.